Howdy, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of the Texas Hog Hunter podcast. I am one of your hosts, Bo Jennings, and on the phone with me, I've got Kevin Henderson. <laughs> Howdy, everyone. Well, Kevin, where do you want to start? Well, yeah, let's talk about what we're, I mean, why we're doing this. Uh, yeah. What was, how did we get to where we are, uh, and what do we want to get out of the, out of doing this podcast? So kind of like an overview and an introduction. Yeah. So anytime my dad would teach us something, he would always follow it up with, let me show you a trick. And what that meant was he had picked up some experience, some knowledge along the way to make the instruction better. And that's what I want to do with this podcast. I think that the more tricks that we learn and that we share with folks, the better off we can manage the feral hog problem that we have here in Texas. And what better way to do this than to put it on a podcast to listen to while you're driving five hours, 10 hours, whatever, to the dearlies? Because, I mean, Texas is a big place. <laughs> yeah. So what are you seeing uh, out there in terms of hogs kind of spurred the, you know, your your interest in the subject to want you to get out there and, and actually manage them? Well, when I first started hunting back, you know, in the 80s, I shot my first deer at my grandparents' place, which is now my mom's. There were no hogs. That You had to go to South Texas. I remember going down to Raymondville and going hunting out there with my dad, and that was my first experience with hogs. I had never seen these things before, and you know they were kind of scary at first because they're always moving, they're always fast, and they come out of nowhere. But now, you know, we're talking 35 years later, they are all over the state, and they are tearing up mom's place there she's got cattle on the place and the pastures are destroyed you can't plan anything the ecosystems are really messed up because we used to have lots of deer turkey quail javelina i haven't seen a javelina out there in probably you know 10 or 15 years so i just want to make some changes out there to undo some of the damage that's been done over the past 20 years and to take this problem head on and hopefully learn a lot during the process and share as much information as I can with other people that may be having this problem. Oh, well, well, so, so really just, yeah, trying to, to restore the land to its natural state, you know, as, as much as possible, it sounds like. So, and that's something I hope we'll get into a lot on this podcast is, is how, how much damage they do and where they can do damage. Cause it's not just, uh, rooting in the grass or the fields that, you know, it can affect the other animals that live there in terms of either driving them out or killing them off. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's an important topic. Yeah. And it kind of starts off with a little bit of excitement, right? Because you've got this big, huge animal that has no natural predators that has no season that you can shoot night or day. And, you know, it's a lot of fun. It, at least it, at first, you know, I, I still have a lot of fun doing it, but at the same time, <laughs> it's, it's work. It, it, it's, it's become an obsession almost and a job yep. to, to eliminate these guys. Now, it, you know, if, if there were no more hogs on the property, if we eliminated all of them, would I miss shooting hogs? <laughs> Not really because of what they, what it brings back, you know, it, it, it brings back all the white and we've already seen it. Just after a few months of a whole lot of hunting pressure on these hogs down at Mom's place, and we can see an immediate impact with the wildlife out there now that the hogs have moved on, with whitetail coming back, with turkeys, 
I'm sure the hogs will be back, but for now there's, there's a lot of good things showing up on the game cameras. Yeah. It's, it's been exciting to, uh, see the, see the pictures from the game cams as they, uh, as they roll into our phones. Uh, and you can see that, you know, that resurgence just over a short period of time. So, and I'm glad you brought it up. That was kind of, that's kind of where I wanted to start in terms of, I hunt out in the hill country. I hunt out at your mom's place with you and I've hunted in the, in the panhandle of Texas. And my first introduction to hogs was when I was about four or five. Uh, And I don't even think there were really hogs out there, but I remember going out to the deer lease with my dad and my uncle. We kindly named crazy Jack cannot go anywhere without uh, without a case of beer in his in his possession so uh, regardless of time of day uh <laughs> great guy back to church yeah uh, well, well if, if he goes there then probably so great guy and, and he's a good outdoorsman and, and very you know he's a, he's an artist really he can he can do a lot of uh, stuff with his hands but we were, we were out there camping at the at the deer lease and this was i, I believe in calvert we're sitting out there in the dark and on the bed of the truck and I hear some rustling in the, in the leaves. And of course my uncle, uh, crazy Jack looks over at me and says, Oh, I think those are the hogs. Jeez. And I had no idea what he was talking about. And he proceeded to tell me the story and scared the living daylights out of me. And I sat up all night thinking there were hogs right outside of our tent. I mean, that is literally one of my earliest memories, probably my earliest memory going out hunting. And to this day, every time I talk to to Crazy Jack, he brings up the story about the hogs when we were camping out in, in the field that night. Uh, so that was... There's, do what? They're scary now. You don't have to be four to be scary. Yeah. I, mean, I, I got scared of them three weeks ago. I didn't know where they were. I could hear them all around me, but I didn't know where they were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to be careful around them, too. So. But after that, I didn't really have any experience with them until uh, going down to hunt in the hill country. And we get to we get to go down there a couple times a year uh, for whitetail season, you know, maybe a work weekend or two uh, in the off seasons. But we always make sure to bring our our rifles regardless of the time of year in case we see hogs. But it's out there. It's you know, they do the damage, but it started off as, hey. I hope I get to see a hog today because yeah, you just, it's, it's fun to be able to take the chains off, you know, for a bit yeah. uh, and, and not have to, not have to worry about, is it outside the ears? Is it, you know, this or that it's, I get to shoot the hog. <laughs> so on that note too, it, it, it's totally different. You're out there whitetail hunting and you know, the way you hunt for whitetail is, is, you and I kind of do the same thing. You, you go out there, you sit, you wait, you watch, you're always scanning, you're always looking. And when you see one, then it becomes, the, you know, just like you said, is it outside the ears? You start the inspection, right? Mm-hmm. Is it a buck or a doe? Okay. How big is it? All right. If it's a buck, you know, how, how big are the horns? And then you got to remember all the rules like, well, did they say we could shoot tens or can we shoot eights, you know, or, or whatever <laughs> it is. Uh, but you have time most of the time. I mean, if they're not running across, you know, spooked by something, they're usually just kind of walking into to the area. They're looking around. They're taking their time. When you see a hog, I mean, your adrenaline level goes through the roof because you don't have time. You you see these little black bowling balls rolling across the field, and 
they don't stop. And they're they're always rolling. <laughs> Even if there's a pile of corn, they're always moving in the they're they're running around it. They're they're going through it. They're, you know, pushing each other out of the way. You don't have to see how big they are or, you know, how many hooves they have or how many eyes they have. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and I, a lot of the times too, it doesn't matter how loud you are. I have been in many a situation where I've made a lot of noise around a group of hogs and uh, they tend to make enough noise themselves that it, it kind of drowns it out. So that, that's, that's also another good thing, a uh, uh, good thing about it. That's different than, than the white tail aspect. So yeah, it's kind of, Almost no holds barred. Uh, obviously, you know, you want to be out there and understand uh, how to use your weapon properly and safely. But, you know, once you have that down and, and you know what you're doing out in the field, yeah, hunting hogs offers something that it, it's it's almost like bird hunting on one aspect. You know, there's just there's more action when you do get to see them and, and you don't have to to follow all of the rules necessarily, but there's still things you got to do uh, to stay safe and to, and to make sure you're not scaring them off. So I feel like we're, we're doing kind of a table of contents over all the topics we wanted to talk about. I know what, yeah, I feel like, <laughs> I, I feel like uh, I, I've already crossed some things off of my list to talk about today <laughs> because we are kind of addressing those in a, in a different manner. Um, but that's good. I feel like, uh, yeah, it is a table of contents. It's just a, a, just brief, a brief snippet over. of things that, I think we both want to talk about a lot going forward. <laughs> yeah. And you were talking about safety and that has to be a number one priority whenever you're hunting hogs, because whenever they roll out into the field or under the feeder or wherever they show up in front of you, you don't have time to plan for safely shooting that hog. I mean, all that stuff has to be done ahead of time from the moment you get out of your truck or your mule, or you walk out to your stand or you walk to a new location, you've got to be observant and know what is around you so that you can safely take down that animal. Even if the direction that you're shooting in doesn't have a house for 500 yards. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've known bullets that can travel 500 yards before. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And how was it? Uh, we got to talk to a, a game warden earlier this year. How was it that he put it? It's not where it's, it's not your. It's target. not what you're aiming at. It's no. what's behind it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think that's something kind of the lay of the land. I think that's something that we'll get into more when we talk about safety. And I, I th we've had a lot of good ideas over the year, like shooting lanes and, and identifying those we've never really acted on them uh in any of the places that i hunt but but it's it's a good topic that will that will come in handy especially for hog hunting because like i said you don't have time to think so uh being mentally prepared when you get out there is is paramount so yeah and and there's there's lots of different rules in lots of different states too i know um i think it was alabama recently that said that you could start hunting at night which seems a little odd. Odd and what's oh, start hunting hogs at night? Yeah. Or? Oh, okay. So how odd in what sense? Well, they've had hogs for a long time. I'm surprised that they just adopted uh, hunting at okay. night. That it's taken them so long to get yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So I, I don't, I'm not up to snuff on all the rules, you know, for other states. But well, luckily, this is the. Texas hog hunter hog podcast. So uh, <laughs> a couple of years down the line, we can get to Alabama. <laughs> yeah. My guess, if I want to, if I want to tangent a little bit, I think the wide open spaces in Texas probably allow for things like that to, to happen a little easier uh, since you're not as worried about neighbors or other, you know, other people being around or whatever it is. I don't know. That's just me. Uh, 
rambling. So also allows for helicopters too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we might have to, uh, rent one of those and, and do a podcast, uh, on the fly while we're hunting hogs one day. <laughs> yeah. So, so day or night, you can use a helicopter, you can use shotgun. It, it doesn't matter what you use, including traps and snares. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which I know is something that we've, pinpointed uh to to practice with and get a better handle on i'm i'm personally afraid of snares <laughs> yeah. uh, just the management of them and you know what you may or may not get in there but uh you know it, just like anything else it's, it's going to take practice and tinkering to figure out where it works best so yeah now that we kind of we've talked about that but how you know where was it what was the transition point you know i feel like in the last year or two we've taken some steps, whether, you know, advertently or inadvertently. And, you know, it's moved us along to this, you know, let's focus on hogs and let's, you know, let's see what we can do to actually eliminate them, you know, not just, not just shoot at them every time we see them, but, you know, try to pull them out, try to, uh, try to get them in the traps and try to get them out of the area. Uh, so w- what are some of the things that we've done over the last couple of years that have kind of led to that? Yeah. First thing I think about are toys. New toys. <laughs> New toys are always fun. Technology keeps getting better. And, and I hope that means that thermal prices will keep going down because. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah, uh, it is. Um, but man, it is a, it is a nice tool to have, but yeah, that is, that is a good thing about technology. It, it will it will get cheaper. You know, what seems to happen with thermal and night vision is it takes a long time for that to happen. But, and I'm going to preface this with just an uneducated guess, but I, I think we might be able to change that with so many things going to digital night vision now. I don't know how that works on the back end, but you know, anytime you're you're throwing software at something, it, it has the ability to yeah. get better in a hurry. So uh, that'll be something to watch out for and, and to think about. So, but yeah, on that topic, yeah, it, I mean, it kind of started out. We got some toys to play with, so we could actually, you know, hogs. Not necessarily. I don't know. Are they are they con- considered nocturnal, or do people uh, just assume they're nocturnal? I mean, I know I've seen them at all times of the day, but well, they they change their behavior based on what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I, I know a place where the hogs are out day, night, doesn't matter because there's nobody there hunting them. There's nobody, there's no traps going on. There's, there, there isn't even cattle there, but I have seen them on mom's place during the day as well. And then I start shooting at them and then they go nocturnal. And I have even seen where I have killed a couple at night and then come out the very next morning. And it's almost like they did a, a revenge route on me. <laughs> <laughs> Tore up the pasture right where I shot one of the sows. Uh, yeah, so and that's you know that's something I've read up as well. I mean, they are very adaptive, uh, which has helped them you know increase their numbers exponentially. Yeah. Whereas I, I think I, I think maybe they are uh, considered nocturnal animals, but they adapt to their environment very well. And if you catch them, you know, if you're out there day in and day out while the sun is up, then yeah, I, I've heard that they will shift to being more nocturnal animals and mm-hmm. uh, could even, you know, leave your property or the area altogether for, for a time until they either forget or kind of get forced back into it by other hunters. So you were talking about a turning point, you know, I, I had a turning point at mom's place and that was, you know, getting, 
being out there in, in the hill country and that, you know, that guy that owns that place out there that does a really good job of, of game management, you know, over the years that we've been out there so many times, so many years, start to notice really how good of a job that we're doing on the game management out there and that, that he's doing and that they're doing. Uh, because Some of which unwittingly, so well, unknowing, uh, unknowingly, but yeah. <laughs> there's, there's rules and, you know, these are the ones you can't shoot. These are the ones you don't. And then all the exotics and the hogs need to go. Yeah. How long, uh, when, when was the first time you hunted out there? And we're, we're talking about the hill country here. Gosh, probably it was 10 to 15 years ago. Okay. Yeah. And I, I you were definitely there. I, it was probably closer to 15. Yeah. Cause I started in 2009. Um, yeah, either, either Oh nine or, or 10. Um, but, uh, but to echo your comments, gosh, and I'm sure, you know, it was the same way when you got out there the first time, but, you know, out in the hill country, there are deer everywhere. Um, there is no shortage yeah. of them seem to be dumber, uh, than deer in other places. <laughs> um, but you know, you'd bring in, I, I remember the first deer I shot there, I walked up to it out of the stand and I was like, what, what kind of trouble did I just get into? Because it was, you know, it was so small. And then they come around to pick me up on the mule and there are three more deer in the back of it that they're the exact same size. So, but the, you know, on the game management side of it, you know, everything you're shooting out there, they're just these little, you know, crab claw, the horns uh, that could barely get outside of the ears, you know, didn't really raise up very high off their head, you know, six or eight inches. And, and that, that was considered good. Um, and then over the years, you just, you slowly start to see those go away and the bigger racks coming in and we had some really good racks this year i think opening morning we got three racks that all graded over 100 which is phenomenal for out there uh so you know a large part of that is because the rules that are you know the, one of the one of the top rules is if you see a hog shoot it see a pig shoot it that, yep. no no hesitation whatsoever I don't, I don't care if you got a big buck that's out there. You, you shoot the pig first. Yeah, and I have uh, I have exercised that rule on on several occasions. So, uh, but that that's you know that's how important it is to to get the hogs off the land. I mean, I've yeah. I've shot hogs on opening morning, you know, before the before the sun was even over the horizon. So, uh, which luckily didn't even ruin my hunt. So, uh, yeah. still got an eight point after that, but it's, it, yeah, it's, that's why it's so important. Well, and so going back to the, the, the turning point thing again, I, I wanted to do some of that at, at mom's place, you know, seeing how good of a job the, the wildlife management was out there because, you know, she's got a decent sized place and it's just been sitting there. Now my son and I have been hunting out there for years. Um, we haven't really done anything with the place. We haven't, you know, set up cameras or feeders or stands or, you know, rerouted this or that and, and really tried to understand the the different ecosystems that are out there. So I'm like, why haven't I been doing this? Well, time, you know, being in, in Boy Scouts for years, my son and I were just busy, busy, busy every month, every year. But this past year, wanted to get some of you guys out there to to help set some stuff up to you know, redo some stuff in the, here and there and then come back out for, for deer season. So the, the, the turning point was right after Thanksgiving, there is a, uh, there's a two doe limit in the County and it's only allowed for one weekend. And that, that weekend is, is right after Thanksgiving. So I went down there to get those two does and, you know, knowing that, that there were hogs on the place, but just hadn't really seen them, weren't really looking for them. 
I wasn't spending a whole lot of time with it. Well, then mom got a positive COVID-19 test. So I was there with her. I Sorry, really I, I don't know if you can hear, but I'm kind of chuckling in the background. <laughs> it's, it's because I know the rest of the story, <laughs> now that your mom had a positive COVID-19 test. <laughs> Proceed. Yeah. So, you know, while I'm taking care of her and, you know, I'd, I'd, I would basically, you know, get up, you know, make sure that she had plenty of water was in, you know, I'd go to the store and I basically was just taking care of her during the day. And then at night, you know, cause I'd already filled out my deer tags I'd, at night, I would go out and it was hog hunt every night. And, and since I was on quarantine, you know, I would take care of her during the day and and work from home from her place remotely don't, don't don't forget work from home <laughs> um, <laughs> log in and check and, your email a couple times a day yeah no i mean there was there was plenty of stuff to do and i know you're just kidding but it, it was just every single night i would see hogs out there and that that's whenever you know i was trying to tell you that i wanted to improve the place that seemed to me to be the number one thing we could improve upon was getting rid of those dad used to call them mini bulldozers because that's what they are yeah, uh, yeah. So, hey, I think we should come up with a good nickname for him. It's yeah. a good idea. Well, yeah. So, you know, for me, I don't, I don't know if there was necessarily a, a turning point for me or if it was just, you know, I've, I've been fortunate over the years, you know, I've got, you know, I've got friends who's, who have places that, you know, allow me to go out and hunt. And so typically when, you know, when you do that, it's, you want to go out and you kind of hit the gas pedal a little bit in terms of, ah, this is my only chance this year, or, you know, I've only got two days. I want to make sure I, I shoot something and, and get it in the freezer. But now that I've been opened up to multiple, uh, multiple areas, uh, multiple properties in, in different areas of the state, it kind of, it allows you to react to relax a little bit, go out there and, uh, you know, be a little bit more patient, but also think about things like that. You know, what can we do to improve, I mean, especially after what we saw opening weekend this year and, uh, and the crop that we brought in, it, but it allows you to do that. And uh, I have, I have been coined an early adopter uh, on things and I've, <laughs> I, I brought out some night vision, uh, just a little monocular, Bushnell monocular years ago. And just every chance we get, like take it out and look around and see what we can see. And, you know, that led to, well, this binocular can only do so much. So let's look at something else. And we've just kind of, that has just snowballed uh, recently. And, and, you know, now we've got digital night scopes and, and I don't guess we've talked about thermal night scopes and we do have a, a thermal monocular. And it's like, I feel like now that I'm more equipped and I know the group as a whole is more equipped and we have places to do this. Now we can, you know, we get to go out and have fun, but also to me, it's the challenge of like, how do we actually do this? How do we actually, how can we manage this species, you know, actually show some results to whether it's your mom's property or the property out in the hill country or an entire section of land and, and property owners that here's how you do it. You know, if you, if you actually want to manage the hog population, but you don't have a lot of time to do it, here are some things that you can do. And, and so I think that's kind of what it's come down to 
you know, for me is if we're not going to be able to go out there every day and do this, how can we, you know, how can we still manage to, to drive that population down? Yeah. And the, the way to manage it is, is trapping it. I mean, we're not going to do a dent in the population just by shooting a couple of times. Yeah. Um, yep. But now it's, it's been helpful and it's, it's been entertaining ever since. And I got educational, my, yeah. you know, yeah. So. <laughs> Since I got yeah. my AR, it, now I, I'll I'll never replace my 270. That's my go-to for uh, long-range shots, accuracy, everything like that. But a mm-hmm. bolt action with you know a pack of 20 hogs, you may get two. You'll probably get one, but with the with the AR, you know there's there's all kind of possibilities. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the, with the AR, you can still get two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like. Uh, with the bolt action, you're, you know, you're guaranteed to get one, you know, assuming you're, you know, you do everything correctly and, yeah. you know, they're not running 50 miles an hour. With an AR, you're guaranteed to get one. Uh, <laughs> and you're guaranteed to get off a few more shots yeah. as well. But uh, you know, making those shots count is the hard part. <laughs> yeah, shot, shot placement is, is definitely key because these guys, and we'll talk about the the anatomy in, the, in a later episode, I'm sure. But I mean, they, just the skin alone is is thick, and the the fat and the gristle. If you're trying to track one down, it'll seal up a, a bullet hole. So you're not going to find a whole lot of blood unless you completely blow out the shoulder on an exit wound. But yeah, they're they are tough creatures for sure. Yeah. So, um, and I know you have done a lot of research in you know not only ballistics and trajectory, but the best type of bullet for. <laughs> expansion or maximum damage or uh you know if you actually want to shoot you know just pierce the hog <laughs> what bullet do you need yeah. for that uh so um so yeah that is a that is a a big big topic that i'm sure will come up over and over yeah. but then as far as control what we were talking there is traps and i've got three different traps out at mom's I'm, I'm testing theories out with different ways to, to trap them. You know, a box trap, you've got a netting, uh, and then there's a there's a guillotine trap. And I think that shooting these hogs, hunting them with the with the guns right now is just buying me time to finish my traps. It's because traps take a minute to set up, especially if you want to do it right with, you know, remote stuff and things like uh, that. Yeah. So yeah, on on that topic. So one, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about was what we've you know, what have we done right now? What are we trying to do early on? So just for anyone listening, disclaimer, we're not hog experts. Uh, so we're, you know, we're kind of diving into the field and, uh, you know, we know what we're doing on the land and with guns and, you know, a fair amount in terms of game trails and where animals should be and, and, and whatnot. But uh, in terms of actually putting any thought into it, you know, we're, we're green in that field. So if we're not experts then why are they listening to us? <laughs> well, hopefully we will be, uh, you know, before we're done. So, <laughs> well, that, you know, that's, that's one of the things about having a platform. It, I, I hope there are a lot of other guys out there who this appeals to in terms of, yeah, they, they've got land, but the way, the way I see it, either you've got land that you live on, which means you you're probably retired and don't want to put all the effort and energy into it, or you've got land or access to land that you just, you know, you can't get to every day because you, you've got your day job and your family and, and whatnot. So yeah, that's, uh, but you, you know, one of the things that we, you know, kind of the first steps we took out here, your mom's property, you said, 
traps and we got some cameras. What have you? What did, what did you do with your traps in terms of how did you decide where they go? And, you know, what kind of traps do you, do we have out well, there? So I moved a, uh, just a, a box trap with a hinge gate on it down to what we call the creek bottom. Uh, the reason for that is because we had camera, we had a camera sitting there taking pictures for what, a couple of weeks. And of those two weeks, about half the time we saw this sounder going through and, and it wasn't just one sounder. There were two different sounders. And, and for the record, sounder is what i would like to call it a grouping it's a plethora <laughs> i prefer the term gaggle but i tend to, tend to use that yeah. uh, on a lot of things uh, but yeah i mean it's it's uh, basically it's it's a group of of sows and piglets and everything in between yeah yep and that's you know kind of with all the different advice and stuff cameras really will tell you what's going on whenever you're not there obviously, but I, I would strongly recommend using cameras in areas where you want to set something up because the hog traps aren't light <laughs> by any means. And so they, they take a little bit of setting up, but once you set them up, you really don't want to mess with them. And if they're not in the right place, then you got to move it around. You want to set them up in a place where you're seeing a lot of activity. And that's, that's where we put that one down there. Another place where I'm building the, the big pen, you know, 20 feet wide, 30 feet long is where we've seen activity day and night. So Lots of different sounders, lots of different hogs moving through the property that go there. And that's a guillotine one. And where, uh, can you explain that area a little bit? Yeah, it's so when it comes to different ecosystems on the property, this one is more of a jungle. It's it's always green down there. It always gets dark down there before it gets dark on any other part of the property. Lots of access to water, lots of access to food, trees with acorns and pecans and nuts and everything. So, I mean, it, it, it's basically the perfect storm for a hog paradise. They got food, water, shelter, shade. So was there anything down there prior to putting the trap? What went into the, the thought process of the location of the trap, not just the not the general area like we, you just described, but like the actual location of it. I mean, I had a, a feeder there throwing out corn. Okay. So, a, yeah, you had a deer feeder there. I feel like you're asking me for a specific answer and you're just waiting for me to guess the right one. Nope. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I was looking for, like you said, you had a deer feeder down there. So yeah, I, I would right. assume, uh, did you put the trap around the feeder or is it in proximity? It's or? basically under the feeder right now. Now I'm going to end up moving that because I don't want to bait that trap consistently and i want to mm -hmm. make sure that i have a place for the deer yeah okay. and that's that's another thing too with the way that these these traps are constructed you want to make sure that you're catching hogs and nothing else the worst thing is to have a deer get get stuck in a trap and have that deer go to waste yeah no, i absolutely agree target species <laughs> yeah okay so two traps i believe do we have any other yeah, and, out on the property and then i've got another one up uh, near the pasture that i've converted to a net the thought process. One of those like you see on the on the old island movies where yeah. you're walking around, you step on a twig and it snaps and pulls you up in the air. <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? Because um, that would be cool. No, but <laughs> I will be setting up a fourth trap now that you mentioned. <laughs> the, the, this will be for all the drunk guys out at deer camp. Huh? <laughs> if anybody wants to play that Sasquatch joke, I've got a trap for them. <laughs> Okay, sorry, 
Sorry for getting this off course there. No. Uh, so I'm, you're I'm, saying you got the, yeah, the net trap. I've got another trap set up out there. It, it was actually converted from uh, the uh, the old saloon door kind of setup. <laughs> yeah. You know how they, they swing in and out? Yep. So I, I basically just draped a net over that and I wired open the doors with the thought process being that they might, you know, walk underneath it and not be able to walk out. Sounds simple enough. Yeah. Okay. So how long have, how long have we had these traps out there? How long have they been functional. They've been out there for three weeks. And whenever I was out there three weeks ago, I, I basically set up the box trap down there and I set up, I, I got the net ready for the saloon door trap. And I still haven't built the guillotine doors yet for the big one, but okay. these, you know, right now they, they have bait in them and they're wired open. So hogs can go in and out, get used to it, not have to worry about it and realize that they won't be in any danger whenever they go into it. Problem with the saloon door one is basically a permanent trap that has a lot of heavy duty stuff in it and I wasn't going to move it. So <laughs> they know it real well. They know that those doors shut. Well, if I wire the doors open and I just drape a little net over it, now granted the net is tied up so it won't fall to the ground right now, but they could get used to the net, maybe grazing their back or something. Yeah. Like that. I'm interested how that will work in their reactions to the, and I think one of the, honestly, one of the things I'm, I'm looking forward to the most is the cameras getting them out there in the right spots and, and monitoring, monitoring the traps, how they, how they interact with them, whatnot. Yeah. Not only that. So like I was saying that the shooting of the hogs is just buying me time to have these traps set up and ready. But since three weeks ago, Whenever I shot one down there and really spooked them, I haven't seen a whole lot of, I haven't seen a sounder for sure, but I've seen a couple of lone boars here and there, but I've seen a whole lot of deer. And every time I see those on the cameras, I have that hope that this is, this is what we're doing. And, and this is because of what we're doing. And this is what it's all about. Yeah, I, I get that too. I, I do think that based on everything we've read, uh, I think we have made a difference in this small time frame, and it'll take vigilance to to keep them out. So, so one of the things I uh, when you, when we're talking about the trap, and I was saying, you know, one of the things I really look forward to is looking at the the that game cam footage over a long period of time. And you said something about they know those doors close. Yeah. Um, talking about the talking about the hogs and the sounders, but seeing how I mean, every, everybody's heard you know hogs are smart and they can figure these out. And I, I can tell you how many empty traps I've seen over the years. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to seeing if it's the same sounder coming back, if it's multiple sounders, if it's you know if those change over the course of the year, or you know because they're always on the move, they're being hunted, they're being scared out. And, and so I'm looking forward to to getting that data and seeing how it, it reflects in our in our work. Yeah. So so as we started off at the beginning of this, we stated that we're just My normal guys. We got our eight to five jobs and our families. And unfortunately My wife would argue that I'm not normal. <laughs> uh, mine might here pretty soon. <laughs> uh <laughs> But yeah, unfortunately, I've got business calling, so uh, I've got to to get out of here and and prep for a call. Um, yeah. But I like where we left off because uh, I'd like to you know follow what we're doing out there and let people kind of follow that journey. Yeah. You know, our, our our learning essentially, and you know, I'm hope hopeful that over the course of the podcast we can help people 
help others out there as well uh, and, and even take some advice from from those listeners and utilize it uh, in the various places. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting an update on what we've seen and the traps that are out there and then what steps we take before we close those doors and then see what see what we can get in them. So we should have a, a, a hog counter with each episode. All right, we're up to this many. It's a good idea. <laughs> so even if we weren't doing a podcast, I might say, let's, uh, let's keep track. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I think, uh, I think that's, uh, that's good for, for today. Yep. I agree. So folks stay tuned. We're going to have episode two where we start diving into some of these topics that we just kind of gave you a brief overview of today. And we look forward to sharing as much information as we can. And we look forward to seeing you guys in episode two of the Texas Hog Hunter podcast. Thanks for listening.